I'm Alex Blumenstein, still here. Brett's not back yet. And I am Jay Rosenthal. This is, I don't mean to say this. I can't wait for Brett to be back. <laughs> uh, this is your Beat Daily for Wednesday, October 18th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. And Alex, I happen to see you around my neighborhood and know you are decorating your new place. But here's something for you. The town of Red Deer, Alberta is selling over a thousand old parking meters as they switch to digital pay stations. Single meters are 20 bucks, the double meters are 40 bucks, which makes sense, and the pole to go with it costs an extra 10. How many are you buying? Well, you know what? I'm probably gonna buy one for the parking spot outside my house, one for my front porch, one for my living room. And you know, whenever you come by, Jay, I'll make sure that you put a quarter in uh, for access. I kind of like the idea of buying a parking meter. It's kind of fun. I actually have the idea of buying a, um, one of those things that tell you how fast you're going, because like I'm an old man and I sit on my porch and tell people to slow down on my road. Oh, like a radar gun. Like a radar gun. I thought it'd be yeah. like one of those things because it shows people do slow down when they see one of those. So if I just bought sure. one and sort of pooled the funds with neighbors, we could actually have people slow down in front of our house. Yeah, but you got to put up a big sign that says this is how fast you're going. Yeah, no, that's the idea. Yeah. And then once they do that, then they can park in front of your house and pay a quarter. Fantastic. Alex, aside from parking meters in front of your house in our neighborhood, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, it's a bad time to be a big bank. For our second story, it's looking unlikely that SBF will beat the charges. And for our third story, Netflix is adding sponsorship and ads that target binge watchers to draw more advertisers to its platform. For our first story, like a Transylvanian townsperson trying to ward off Dracula with garlic, Canada's banking sector is trying to keep spooky times at bay with not garlic, but layoffs. Scotiabank is the latest Canadian bank to roll out cost-cutting measures as the outlook for the economy worsens, moving to cut 3% of its employees, amounting to about 2,700 jobs, and bracing for a $590 million hit in restructuring charges this quarter. RBC, for their part, has also moved to cut 2% of its full-time equivalent staff as expenses surge, while BMO has trimmed staff in investment banking, research, and other areas. Although TD has not announced layoff, it's keeping a close eye on its expense management and CIBC plans to lay off an unknown number of employees. So Alex, tell the Peak Pals why this all matters. Well, obviously people losing their jobs matters, but in the bigger picture, a healthy banking sector is the bedrock of the economy. And Canada's big five face mounting profitability challenges in the face of consumer spending sh- slowdown, the rise of digital banks and slumping deal activity. So in the eyes of analysts, the cost-cutting measures are positive for the sector, which is already seen as relatively secure given the dominance of only a handful of players. And at the same time, banks might have to give up a lot more revenue if the federal government is successful in forcing banks to reduce fees and help mortgage holders. The big picture, Jay? Well, the big picture is one thing to watch in the coming months is how loan defaults weigh on bank balance sheets. Earlier this year, the Big Five collectively set aside the most money for loan losses since 2020 as Canadians start to feel the full impact of high interest rates. For our second story, as the trial of my personal hero, FDX founder Sam Bankman free crosses the halfway point, we thought you'd give you an update about how that's going. Spoiler alert, uh, not great for SBS. Also, spoiler alert, he's not actually my personal hero. I don't know why I said that. So it looks increasingly unlikely that SBF will beat the seven federal criminal charges levied against him, and that's according to multiple former federal prosecutors. 
Following the collapse of FTX and its sister trading firm, Alameda Research, SPF now faces fraud and money laundering charges that could net him 100 years in the big house. <laughs> All the Bitcoin in the world won't make you live beyond 100 years. That's right. Three weeks into the trial, the defense has been unable to make SPF look like an upright entrepreneur who got in over his head. Instead, the prosecution has successfully painted him as a manipulative fraudster thanks to a paper trail and star witnesses like... Gary Wang, the FTX co-founder and ex-chief technology officer who admitted to carrying out illegal activities at FTX and testified that his boss had instructed him to write code that gave Alameda carte blanche to borrow funds from FTX at any given time. And Caroline Ellison, the ex-Alameda CEO and SBF's ex-lover, claimed she approved fake balance sheets to mislead investors. She was also featured in damning audio clips from last year, where she told employees SBF had approved customer fund transfers. Yes, but the defense did score a win off of the third star witness, ex-engineering head Nishad Singh. Nishad's testimony rang, quote, hollow after the defense pointed out that he took it alone from FDX to buy a house after being told about the misuse of customer funds. SBF could still take the stand himself before the trial ends, which is a massive risk with huge potential upside if he comes off well. And I don't know if I'd flip that coin if I were him. For our third and final story today, after trying out the wild concept of running ads during TV shows, Netflix is taking another page out of the traditional media playbook to shore up its revenue. It's bad news for streaming subscribers. Netflix is determined to push more brands into your living room by expanding its ad business into title sponsorships, which let brand sponsors shows like Frito-Lay when it presents an upcoming season of Love is Blind. Sort of like Love is Blind, brought to you by Frito-Lay. I love it. But that's not all, Jay. Espresso and U.S. mobile carrier T-Mobile will also sponsor Netflix foray into live sports, a golf tournament between Formula One and PGA stars from the documentary series Drive to Survive and Full Swing. The company is also rolling out a new format called the Binge Ad, which will reward those who watch three episodes in a series in a row with a fourth ad-free episode. So after watching a longer ad for a presenting sponsor first, you know, you get paid to watch, basically. I guess. In case you missed it, Netflix launched its cheaper ad-supported subscriptions nearly one year ago to retain increasingly cost-conscious subscribers, as well as diversify its revenue in a looming recession, though growth has reportedly been lagging behind its targets. If Netflix wants to give brands more ways to reach ever-elusive streaming audiences, new types of ads are a bit of a no-brainer. But sponsorship also means brands will be on your screen no matter how much you pay for your subscription. A more robust suite of options could help the platform get a leadership position in the ad-supported streaming market, which is getting more competitive now that Disney+, Plus, Prime Video, and Crave have their own similar plans. Yes, but... As are only attractive if there is an audience to see them. In May, Netflix revealed that it had 5 million active users on ad-supported plans. Even after growing membership by 70% in Q3, that's a fraction of the company's 247 million total subscribers. Jay, hit us with that zoom out. Well, to zoom out... Other plans to diversify revenue are based around monetizing Netflix's most popular IP, whether that is by selling more merch or opening a bricks-and-mortar store that will feature ticketed shows and a restaurant. And if that doesn't work, there's also getting users to pay up if they want to share passwords. Peak Pals. 
Thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review and more specifically, leave a review of Alex. Yes, seriously, folks, not one new review yet. And I've been asking for the last week and a half. Disappointing. Is anybody listening? Is anybody listening? I'm waiting. <laughs> Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> and if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Shockwave.